everyone. Welcome to season three of Rebirth. We have a fantastic episode for you today. I am delighted to call this woman a friend. I would also say a mentor and an inspiration. Her name is Anne Randolph. She's hilarious. She's wildly talented. If you ever have a chance to see her in person perform, leap at it because no description of her craft or her space holding or her abilities meet being in her presence. I've never seen anything like what she does and the wild ride she takes you on. So I know you're gonna enjoy today's episode because it's a dose of Anne. It's a remembrance of the significance of our stories and the courage it takes to do the things that we need to do. I don't think we wanna play this around small children or speakerphone at work there. (laughs) So enjoy it, save it for the right moment. I'm so glad you're here, sit back and enjoy. Hi everybody, this is Kate with Rebirth and today we have the hilarious fortune of being with Anne Randolph, who is an award-winning writer and performer and recently a self-ordained minister of the Happy Cock Church. (laughs) I'm sorry, let me say that one more time. You heard me of the Happy Cock Church and that is what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Anne, how are you? Good, Kate. Man, that just makes me happy knowing you're laughing, saying the name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if the, if the listeners haven't met you yet, I just just sit down and enjoy the laughter that comes because that <laughs> that is my relationship with you is is pushing the edge and laughing. So let's just in case someone has not had the good fortune of hearing your name before. Can we do just a little bit of what does that mean about the the writer and performer? Because I don't think a lot of people know um, the kind of craft that you hold space for or have held space for before you became a minister. <laughs> okay, okay. I'd like to write solo shows, 80-minute solo shows, and I play all the characters. And I like to, when I'm writing them, mine the contradictions in myself where I'm, mm-hmm. where I'm struggling, where I'm where I'm in fear. For example, I wrote a show about losing my mother, my mother dying. She hadn't died yet, but that was a fear. Actually, when I put up the show, she's like, I'm not dead yet. (laughs) So I really will go head on into things that scare me in my own life. And then in doing that, I really find I gain a lot of, um, well, there's a tremendous release in that. And then, then I begin to understand more about myself and then actually the direction to take. So it's, it's been the best form of really moving forward in life and, and just honoring my feelings, which I have challenged. I'm challenged there. I like to run away from the Marie Glutino gluten-free ding-dongs. But uh, this is like really good for me to write these solo shows. <laughs> I, um, that's fantastic. Uh, before the evolution of your ministry, you were kind of cruising along in, I mean, as we talk, people may get to hear this like peak and valley of your career as any career that pushes an edge, right? But we also have these phases in our life that we've sort of hit a groove, right? Like, so you were sort of grooving for a second there, doing retreats. Yes. So you were doing retreats, people who are listening, you're writing workshops. And um, I'm going to link Anne's website onto the episode so you can look her up but we'll talk a little bit about the end if you want to go on retreat with her they're going to start up again in august in Kauai, right in Kauai, they're coming yes, to in Kauai. Mm-hmm. but your writing workshops that i've had the great 
pleasure of attending are not your average bear. They're not just sitting and responding. You kind of mine the essence of people, whether it's anger or joy or humor. And, um, and so people were coming for like, how many retreats were you holding? A year. I think I, uh, I would say one a month and I, they were either be a Kripalu or Eslin or Omega, or I'd come here. I mean, I live in Kauai, so people would come here. I would do maybe, I think I did seven retreats in Kauai last year. And, That's amazing. Um, it's an extraordinary place to do retreats. If you haven't been to Kauai there, oh my gosh, it's like, it's just the most beautiful place and the land and the ocean and the sea just helps one really drop. We can mm-hmm. hear that shama bird. Is a shama bird in the background right there? Um, yeah. Really help you ground and go deep. And so these retreats, I, yes, I love love them because I'm able to help people go very deep and tap into th- through the body. The that's why I love Kate so much. She's a body person <laughs> too. Is the unconscious right that's, mm-hmm. that's hidden in the body? And so then you. Tell us about this controversial and purposely so, right? Like, let's just talk about the name of your church and what are, I guess we're calling it that. And like, I want the listener to understand that you were grooving. It wasn't like you were looking for something. Is that, is that true? Like this sort of kind of came and took your attention. Tell us a little bit about yes. how, yeah. It Tell us did the come and take my attention. Maybe I want to say almost two and a half, three years ago, I, I wake up here in Kauai to big cock every morning <laughs> it's outside my bedroom going cock and it'll do and um when I heard it I always thought of that roomy quote which is the dawn has secrets to tell you do not go back to sleep tell me what you really want mm-hmm. and what I really wanted was a non-religious church I I mean I teach these writing workshops and I perform these shows and people will say, this is like holy, what is happening? This is sacred. And I felt that too. And I wanted a place where I could actually, I think church lends itself to also triggering. A lot of people hate church mm-hmm. and uh, the word cock is also triggering because they, you know, it can be interpreted of course, you know, it was a male anatomy, and some people may not like that male anatomy. I, I personally do, but some people <laughs> don't. <laughs> or had bad triggers around cock, and some people hate the word happy. And I thought, mm. oh my God, all three words are triggering, and isn't this perfect? Because when we are triggered by even one word, if you think Bernie's like Bernie or Biden or Trump, you stop listening to the other person when they just say one word. Mm. And that was breaking my heart. I mean, I can't cry thinking about that because people have stopped listening. Neighbors have stopped listening. Families have stopped listening. And I knew that if they were in a circle in a writing group, that within a week, even those differences and beliefs and values would be there, they would, they would fall in love with each other. They would hear each other. They would see their humanity in one another. I knew it was possible because I had witnessed it over and over and over again in 20 years of my group in, in teaching. So I thought, you know, I, I, I need to get it online and do it online and, and let people know, just not writers, anybody could share their truth mm. and teach people to listen to that person's truth, even though it might be different than their truth. And I be, that's just like my mission now. And, and I think I picked church 
instead of a writing workshop because I believe in the sacred. I believe the, the, the golden truth, the big truth, the mighty truth is, is that loving of our neighbors as ourselves. And the if Ramana Maharshi, I think his name said, there mm-hmm. are no others. Mm-hmm. So can I listen? So I wanted that bigger truth, like an umbrella of church or sanctuary underneath what I was doing, because that's really what we have to practice when, when we're triggered. The triggering church, Kate, the triggering church. Well, it's, it's interesting. I was just reading on a non sequitur about Barry Tesler, who is talking about like the art of money, but she's a, a somatic therapist. And she says, we spend our whole life trying to like avoid the trigger. And then what we do is we pull so far away that we just bump right into it. Right. And then we lash out. And so it's fascinating to me that when you met, mentioned about body consciousness, that that same idea is going to pop everywhere, whether you're talking about your worth, your belief structure, your relationships, you know, your ability to think you can tell your story, right? If, if writing is something that's comfortable for you, I know, I think we've both heard people say like, oh, I can't write. But that, to them, that means that, oh, they can't tell their story. And that's not the same thing, right? Right. It is not at all. It's just about sense, no censoring. So you can just be you. Like speaking the truth is what every human being should practice (laughs) and look i'm a big believer in that because i i hit out i lied oh my god i mean for many years like when i was trying to make it in hollywood i would definitely like i was working at a homeless shelter the graveyard shift and i would not tell people i worked there not because i didn't think the work i did was worthy but i wanted to appear as this you know, kind of Hollywood mover and shaker. <laughs> and I, I was winning, you know, some awards at that time. It's best solo performer. So it was easy to fool people that I was, you know, somebody, whatever that means. You know, I think growing older, the ego, you're, you're just taking over and over again until you realize, you know, we're all, we're all um, somebodies and we're all nobodies. So. And hasn't that been, a little bit of the theme of your main characters for your shows, though, too. The somebodies who are nobodies who are somebodies. Yes. You're so good, Kate. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I have a, an affinity, a very close affinity. They're like my, my kin are these mm-hmm. characters I've created. They're like part of me. They're like second skin. And they are like the crack horse and the dishwashers and the mentally off and unstable. And I... Um, I know them so well because I, well, one, I worked with them, you know, for over for 15 years, I, to get through college, I, I lived in a state mental hospital volunteering and I lived there with, with a chronic schizophrenic population, writing plays with them. And I just fell in love with everybody. And, um, so that really shaped a lot of the, you know, what I was drawn to write about, um, mm-hmm. Yes. I, yeah. I've heard you mention, um, just because we've known each other for some time, so I, I, I'm thinking I, I'm, one of your phrases that stuck with me is that they're, they're the truth speakers, right? Because they're on the outside. They're on the periphery. Yes. And that, yes, it's, that, yes. that stuck yeah. with me. And I, I, I want, so to me, those stepping stones starts to add a dimensionality to the, to the church, right? Because, you know, um, there's this whole thing, there's that phrase, like, what would Jesus do, you know? But it, yes. when some people are trying to reframe that, they're like, well, look who he was hanging out with. It was the crack whores, the dishwasher, you know, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, and I think you look at movies, it's always the homeless woman or the wise prostitute with a heart of gold <laughs> that shapes Richard Gere from his, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's so cliche in movies, but in my life, it wasn't cliche. I was around, um, around these beautiful human beings day in and day out. And also it's just, to me, I like creating wild characters. I mean, I love being a crack whore. Just free permission, you know? It's like, well, let me have at it. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of your other beloved characters, how was she, how was, Fra- like, um, how was uh, Franny, Franny Potts, Potts, how was she a truth speaker? Well, she was telling my truth, and I just wanted to have more fun. So I thought if I would exaggerate her more. Let's say she's a truth seeker because she, uh, that's a good question. She, she just bursts the bubble of everything that is wrong with society, but she does it in such a fun, obnoxious mm. way. You're laughing, but she speaks the truth. I, I guess I can give a better example if I think about the crack whore, Brandy. At the time, I was working the homeless shelter, and I was making $8 an hour. And I was working there like about seven years. I'm like, and the cost of living was so high. And if, you know, I went to a party and share with Hollywood people, it would, I would sound like a victim or poor me. So I didn't talk about it. But when I got on stage and dressed up as a crack whore, I could pull out an economic chart and say, in 1999, I sucked this many cocks to get by. But in 2009, I, whatever, I just sucked all of Santa Monica dry. So I can... <laughs> illuminate my own truth as the crack whore with a cocksucking chart then I could if then I'd sound like a victim in a dinner party mm. bringing everybody down you know that's interesting because what I'm hearing and that maybe actually for the first time and of course it's not the same being in a workshop with your you know going and attending church which we're going to talk about but for the listener like what is the catharsis and loosening the reins because I've been in your workshops where the room is first like I just don't know what's going on here you know and everyone's like really (laughs) and and then like and then and then by Wednesday they're like oh my god you know and they're like eating together and it's like so I know every group is different and it's not necessarily formulaic but there is a magic that you you're holding right it's like part of your internal resonance so what do you think is for someone that's listening, that's like, oh my gosh, I'm already triggered. You know, like, what is the freedom found in being ridiculous? Not trying to minimize those characters, but like in the recklessness or the abandon. Abandon is a better word. Well, you're giving your own human, beautiful being soul wild permission. Look how many masks that you are wearing. Mm. Look on your mask. I am wearing and. Uh, it's just that I love that phrase by Rumi, tear off your mask, your face is glorious. So mm. you, you know, you're like entering a, an environment when you come on a retreat. <laughs> now it's going to sound like a crazy town. It is not. I hold it's not. very good mm-hmm. space and boundaries, but look, I'm going to encourage you to go past your comfort zone of, of a traditional mask wearing role that you do. And, and, and the way to find that is to, to get in through the body, through some movement, through some improvisation, which throws you off your game of your thinking mind and gets you into your spontaneous play. We were born to play. We we're born mm-hmm. to be spontaneous. And, and to me, there's where, that's where the gold is. For sure. And it, it, I think the reason I can laugh about it is because 
remarkably and, and notoriously, your containers are incredibly safe. They're structured and safe. And so that's, I think that's why people will follow you into that, I'll call it silliness. Because really, if that's not something we're comfortable with, we have to feel really safe to, to be vulnerable. You know, like getting up and doing yes. improv, that's vulnerable. What is it? Like death and taxes or, you know what I mean? Like yes. public speaking, yes. like even if it's only 13 people, that can be literally terrifying. So for sure, there's a craft afoot when you're holding space and, and there's a release in silliness in this overly mind-centered world. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely don't want to lead anyone to think that it's chaotic because it's it's not. It's very it's very loving actually. I think is something that you know in a grounded and I, when you were mentioning the sacred, I think I think of also like the sacred profane is part of what you do. Like everyone is welcome. Yes, yes. And that is not always true. People say that. They say it, but they don't do I can't tell you because I, you know, I'll go to different groups and watch the leader and I'll watch somebody say something and put their feet out there and that leader will shoot them a look or something. And I'm like, my heart breaks. I just want to punch, you know, people have their prejudices. And as a teacher or a guide, you have to leave everything on a way at that door before you set foot in there, you know? So... So how, you, you have to look at your prejudices. You have to well, look where mm-hmm. you have judgments and, and knock it off. <laughs> Freaking knock it off. So. so tell me how this rolls into a church. Like I, we have the title. We know it's purposefully triggering. We, under, we understand a little bit now of why that's a tool. It's not just a shock and awe. There's a, there's a reason. There's a philosophy behind it. Um, yes. And Kate the cock also, the rooster, in every spiritual tradition is is regarded as coming out of darkness into light. It is the wake-up call. It's the perfect church because we are in times of wake-up call and yeah. we need to use our voice. And and I also thought, and, and I grew up in the Episcopal church and I still, I also practice Kundalini yoga, so don't think I'm, you know, very in a little box there out there, listeners. Um, even though it's very bad, yeah, uh, yeah. he also boy, bad really very bad. Back cock. So, <laughs> I am this. not editing that out. Okay. I am not editing that out. Please don't go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, I won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the pra- the pranayama is the breath work of Kundalini. I really enjoy, and then I go to this church here. Well, you know what, Kate? I live on. This is why this is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing about the church. I'm going to tell you this. This is the most beautiful property in Kauai. It's a four bedroom house overlooking the ocean, North Shore, where every property is about three million. Now, here's a here's miracles, and, I, and that's the other thing. I, I believe in God. I believe in miracles, and. And um, I came here to Kauai. I've been coming here for eight years off and on to lead retreats for like a month at a time. And the only place on the North Shore to lead a retreat or do a show of any sort is at the Church of the Pacific. And when I first came here, I'm like, really, this is where you do a show? And they go, yeah. So I met with the church secretary and she goes, 
yeah, you can do a show here. And I go, mine's R-rated. And she goes, well, just remove the crucifix and put it in the closet. So you just put the, remove the crucifix and put the closet. So I did. And then um, she also said, if you need a place to stay, there's this little youth minister's cottage. You can stay there for a couple, two weeks before you go back to Los Angeles. And I said, oh, great. And I remember it was the first time and I was working on my crack whore and I, I thought the minister who lived a hundred yards from me in the, I mean, a hundred feet from me in the minister's house had gone out of town. I had, I had put a movie camera in the bushes and to the front porch and I was just in a bra and underpants and I was just rehearsing saying, you know, is this crack whore? And the next thing I know, the pastor comes around the house. I thought he got it. And he looks me up and down. And I think he's going to kick me off the property. And instead, he says, we welcome all kinds. Mm. And that just made me think, this place is highly unusual. (laughs) (laughs) And what a beautiful man. And then I just kept coming back to lead retreats. And then eventually that pastor retired. And I was back here leading a retreat and I was so tired of touring all over the world, really. And I said, I just want to live in Kauai, but I know I can never afford it. And it's just too much money. And the church secretary said, well, the pastor's house is empty. And I go, that's four bed. I could never afford. First of all, I said, where's the pastor? You know, Mm -hmm. he's got his own tarot farm down the road, the new pastor. She goes, Anne, we really like what you do with your retreats and stuff. And the new pastor goes to Vegas to gamble every now and then. And uh, we know you can, you know, talk. We've seen your shows. Would you mind doing a sermon when he goes to Vegas and we'll discount your rent? (laughs) So this is a big part. This is how it came around, how I became a minister. So maybe three years ago, I give a sermon for the first time in my life to a very traditional church of older people, maybe six or seven, the congregation, I, they give me a Bible verse to do it on. I haven't been to church in years. And some, I write this sermon when I, I, I talk about Tinder, the dating app. I don't think anybody knew what I was talking about in relation to this Bible verse. But when I was doing it, it didn't even matter. I felt something come through me that was so mm-hmm. powerful. And I thought, oh my God, preaching is really just teaching and offering personal story. And and offering inspiration. And as a writer of a solo show, you hide that. You know, you never hit the reader over the head. This is a lesson. But mm. in preaching, you can. And oh. I thought, this is really interesting to me. Huh. This feels good. I can come, I can come out of the closet. <laughs> right. And then the minister here, the tarot farmer, kept telling me, and you're a minister. And I didn't, I'm like, you're nuts. I'm a solo performer. So it was somebody also telling me what I was. And I have to tell you, when I came here three years ago and was off the road, I was, I was lost. I was like, I can't keep this up. I can't keep doing what I do. Even though I love it, I'm completely fried. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to David White, and he really mm. was saying, Stop going outwards, stay in one place and see what arrives to you. And what arrived over and over again was these miracles of here's the house. Now be a minister. Do this. It was like I stopped going outwards um, to seek for what the next thing was.
Yeah. How many years were you traveling and touring and teaching without having a home base? I want to say my whole life, Kate. Exactly. At least, yeah, my whole life. Since 18, since I graduated college, 22, I was 22 years old. And that went all the way to where I am now in my 50s. That's a long ass time. It's a long ass time. And I think that's an important reminder because depending on what years we're listening with, we can make a judgment, right? Yeah. And I think it's also important. The other thing that I'm, I'm hearing is, you know, things that can be really good until they're not. So a phase has to end, right? And it yes. can be really scary, that part, because the, the trick about the next evolution, if it's expansive, well, even if it is contracting, it's like you don't really know what it is. And the trick is you don't get the next phase without letting go. And that's terrifying. I mean, for me, no oh, matter God, how yeah. much I know that it's easy or it's necessary or I'll be caught, it's still terrifying. Oh, God, yeah, Kate. It is terrifying. I'm terrified right now, and yet I still go through it. I mean, but the one thing that's different is I've had, like, miracle after miracle. That's <laughs> a miracle here, which is enough to trust this uh, courage to keep going. And, I mean, I've had miracles my whole life, and I truly believe, like, this is – happy cock church or landing here. Oh, I mean, that was a miracle too. So, right. I'm going to this traditional church, giving a sermon every now and then. And then this idea comes two and a half years ago to start my own church. Now having that seed of an idea at a, on the property of a traditional church, I'm thinking there's great fear. Once they hear that I want to start my own church, I will be kicked off the property. You know, people Mm -hmm. think I'm nuts and, I'll lose my audience and all the students I've had for years. They'll not like the title. And I would test Mm. it out on people. And nobody was really crazy about the title. They said it's triggering. It's awful. You know, it was just like, I didn't ever get, yeah, and that's great. (laughs) Go for it. Um, And so it was really hard not to get. Now that's unusual. Usually for most shows or you know, I got people cheerleading, but for a happy cock church, I didn't have, I didn't have cheerleaders really. And uh, so it was very lonely mm. until the co it, even, be, but I, I, I knew I had to do it. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. I, this is the first time I think in my life, I didn't really have anybody like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I, what was it? December, November, December, I was really working on it and it wouldn't come. And I thought, Oh my God. And then it started to come slowly. I said, I'm going to really do it. I got to do it. If I don't do it, I'm going to die. Even though nobody likes this mm. idea, I'm going to die. I'm just got to do it. It just wouldn't leave me. This is like haunting me for two and a half years. And then in February I was leading a retreat here and I came out and shared with my students I had 18 of them hear my idea. Now, this was big to share with students. You know, Mm -hmm. usually I don't talk about my next process. And I could look at their faces and I could see, you know, they were not really crazy crazy about it either. And then at the end, one of my, you know, and I just was like, okay, maybe I'm just going to can it. And at the end, one of my students, Noah Dye, he said I could use his name, came up to me and he said, Ann, I want you to know something. I have these ugly damn tattoos on my arm. I have been meaning to get them off. I hate them. And now I know the reason I was to keep these tattoos on my arm. And he lifted up his tattoos and there on his arm was a tattoo of a rooster and the word (gasps) faith, the word faith. I'm like, 
Oh, oh. crap order. <laughs> That's truly another sign. Like, okay, I got to do it now. <laughs> Doesn't it seem that along the path, if whatever that path is, that there does come a point where you have to be your own. Like, that's it. It's just got to be you. Yeah. Like you've just, yeah. So what is this church? Tell us. Well, the church is following pretty much, a, you know, it is a church where we minister to one another with our stories. And mm-hmm. every week we show up and I start out by saying, you may have an uplifting sh- story because look, our stories, just think about a story somebody shared with you this week that might have really given you courage or hope. And we all have those stories within us. It doesn't have to be about being a writer. We all have stories to help another. Mm-hmm. But it also might be you're showing up at church because you're scared to death, you're alone, you're afraid, and you write those stories too. And you put them down on paper. Or maybe it's shame because you've been, you know, eating or drinking and abusing alcohol or sex or internet porn and you're addicted and you write that story too. And then we have time to share those stories with one another. You don't have to, but there's a big congregation. And at one point I break it up into groups of six and people Mm -hmm. go into the rooms and they share these deeper, deeper stories. And the only feedback that you can give to the other person is really of what I appreciate about, appreciate about your sharing. And so we get to hear one another in a deep, deep place. And I also do a sermon, AKA cocktail that hopefully, (laughs) you know, Lifts Sorry. people up each week, okay? <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I didn't know all the details of this so that I'm yeah. having an, an, a true reaction. Go ahead, keep oh going. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great, Kate. And, and I have blessings that we do, Happy Cock Church blessings. Like I, I speak my truth and listen to others' truth, even though their truth may trigger, you know, mm-hmm. I may not agree. So mm-hmm. a whole bunch of... Like our our na- our niece and creed is that what it would be? It's our church blessings. Yes, yeah. Which is which are necessary life skills now. Like we've forgotten the art of disagreement and listening. Yeah, space holding. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then we have a musical guest, I from all over the world, who've come in and sang our our hymn. And sometimes it's not a hymn. I mean, it's never like a really religious hymn. I think we've had all sorts of things. Um, all sorts of songs. I'm trying to think of them. A couple people have written songs already for Happy Cock Church, so we've had those come on. <laughs> I've had more Smiley on. I don't know if you don't know her. She won the Grammy for... She's an American vocalist and singer-songwriter. Phenomenal. So I've had mm. different people coming in and offering their talents. And um, we do readings. So the readings and... Our holy readings, the holy readings would be David White or Mary Oliver or poetry mm, or, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or something by Jeff Foster or Eckhart Tolle or something from the Bible or, you know, many different, you know, confessions of, uh, it could be Marianne Williamson, it could be cover the gamut, mm-hmm. every re- religious tradition or, or non-secular text. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And how does someone um, sign up for one? Well, Kate, they go to (laughs) happycockchurch.com. And right there, they'll see where they can join for a service. And they can come for, sign up every week for each service. Or they can become, I just started this thing, a committed cock 
congregant where they can just sign up and they can come every week and they get an automatic Zoom link. And you can come for free. You can pay. The church doors are open to everyone. And how is the Church of the Pacific with this birth? Okay, this was really good, Kate. Because, yeah, obviously I was scared to death to tell them. And um, finally that, I mean, I had been telling Pastor Clyde, the tarot farmer, right? Mm-hmm. The minister, he and I close. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, the first thing I said, he said to me was, and I think you should change the title. I think I like that you're doing this. You are like a story minister, but I think you should change it to miracles abound. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so, Clyde. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, know. I know. As much as this is true, that's the yeah. opposite. I, that's it. That's why I'm laughing. I can see your I face know. like, yeah, I know that's the opposite of my intent. Yeah. But okay, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And no. he's a fantastic person. So it's just, it's oh, a yeah, testament to you. Because that's how many, ver- ver- there's a variety of people that are around you. And all of them, all of them feel like your best friend. That is one of your traits. <laughs> so that's why I'm laughing. Okay, go ahead. Well, I have to tell you, Clyde has been instrumental in Happy Cock Church because he just helps me so much with sermons. I mean, he's phenomenal. And uh, so, okay, but I, he at least said, okay, you have my blessing, even though he didn't mm. like the title. Then I had to go to the church council, which, hello, I am now part of the church right. council. <laughs> and uh, the traditional church council. And I, they asked what I'm working on. You know, I said, this is what I'm doing, you guys. And um, it's really scary for me to say this because I don't want. And immediately they embraced it, immediately said, oh, we'll give you a title, story minister. Oh, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And then one of them said, well, maybe we can sponsor it and it can be a nonprofit. I'm like, what? I said, are you crazy? Because. I don't, your church would get in trouble. You're traditional and you don't want to be associated with, you know, happy cock church. Cause I want to put irreverent videos in the bathtub of me promoting the show and God knows what. And, uh, they go, that's okay. Let us explore this for you. Hmm. So they're exploring it for me at this point. That's to me, like unbelievable. Is it almost bigger than, like, it, I can almost feel like your heart has to stretch to receive that kind of support. <laughs> yeah, Kate. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty, truly, like, unbelievable. Miraculous. Miracles abound. Uh, miracles abound is right. It's gonna you know what? Title's title. <laughs> you could at least give one of your sermons, title it Miracles Abound, and talk about the church. And that I could be the homage great. to Pastor Clyde. Oh, I love that, Kate. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's what your church is doing, right? Is everyone, everyone is heard. So yes. you're, you're being, that is literally in, I mean, it's an amazing story because it's, even when it would be okay for them to judge, they're choosing not to. Yes. And I'm convinced and listeners, you know, you can, now you're just listening to a chat, but one of the things that Anne does is, she, you you are bringing a, a liveliness and a livelihood to that church by bringing in the retreatants, but also like the pride and the 
excitement, you know, and um, I feel like that's one of the gifts you give people. And people say like, you know, it is what you make of it. And I really feel like you live that way. <clears throat> like I have yeah. heard some stories of you that would, some people wouldn't get back up because they're like, that was really hard. You're like, that was really hard. going to go get my gluten-free ding dong. And then <laughs> I'm going to get back up. <laughs> that's exactly right. Kate. That's exactly right. It's mm-hmm. true. And it's a, it's a risk. Anything, any listener out there about to do something or attempt anything, it's just that risk. And look, you know, I failed so many daggone times. I mean, hell, this could go down. I don't know. But right now it's going really great. But I have to let go of this, you know, I tiptoes. I have to go full on 100%. So. Mm, what's the danger of tiptoeing? You're not fully in. Right. And when you're not fully in, you're then what, what, what what's happening? <laughs> you know, why why are you doing it? You're you know you're you know it's scary. It's you got to jump. Well, that phrase "leap and the net will appear." Well, yeah, it will. It might come right before you hit the ground, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am so glad we got to talk about this. Is there anything, I mean, it's kind of misleading when people ask, is there anything else you want to share at the end? Because then if you don't, then there's that awkward pause. Um, But people can find you. So it's happycockchurch.com, but also your website, your personal website is annrandolph.com, correct? Yes, yes. Because that might be a great, I mean, I don't promote everyone's newsletters because I think some people just create a bunch of content to mark off their marketing checklist but I find that whenever I get a newsletter from you I either am uplifted or learn of something I didn't hear about like if you include a talk whether it's somebody quote-unquote known or one of the students like I I I would I would encourage if anyone likes the tonality of this chat I would sign up for the newsletter because I think like right now it's really important to nourish yourself you know everyone's talking about being safe you know a lot of people here on the east coast are saying stay safe stay safe and I'm like well just the fact that you keep saying that to me is actually rattling my nervous system and so I would encourage you to like be healthy eat humor breathe go outside you know tell your truth and I think all of all of that or or at least some of that can be found in staying in connection to what you're offering and what your students are offering so people can come on retreat if they're ready to go to Kauai or if they're like, hey, I can't do that quite yet because the world's a little topsy-turvy for me, you're offering a, a, a sense of the sacred. On, are they on Sundays? Is the Hop the Cock Church on? It's, on? it's on Saturdays and Sundays. Two oh, really? services. Yes. <laughs> Two services. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Fantastic. Oh, and the other thing is if, if, if they sign up for the newsletter or they, they sign up for Facebook group, Happy Cock Church, Facebook. My other big mission in starting the church was also to put out a one minute video every week of some inspiration. Like one last week was me dressing up as Rumi down in Hanalei and um, yeah, Hanalei Bay. So one minute little videos. And um, that's that's the thing that is a goal that I have 
to put one out every week. I'm saying that out loud, so I better do it. You know, I want, since we're on, I really liked that video. And what I liked, although I loved you dressed up as Hafiz, what I liked was the expression changing on your face as you were the person that was deciding if they were going to come out. Oh, thanks, Kate. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Learning. Videos are learning for me too. So that's a whole new medium, right? I'm going for live theater, two films. And so that's beginner toes, putting on my training wheels for that as well. It's all new. Hmm. And that's yes. why you sound so happy. Thank you for making time and include and tell the Shama bird. We appreciate her as well. And uh, we'll see you in church. Thank you, Kate, so much. I love you. I think what you do is so extraordinary and so beautiful and so needed. You too. Thank you, Anne. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye.